Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Deuteronomy 20, 17, it says, but you shall utterly destroy them, the Hittites. Don't tell me the Hittites didn't exist. The Bible says they did. And the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, just as the Lord your God has commanded you. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 10, it says, and Joshua said, by this you shall know the living God is among you and that he He will without fail drive out from before you the the Canaanites and the what? Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Gergeshites and the Amorites, all these ites, and the Jebusites. Boy, man, I'm glad we don't have all that today. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 11, we see the Bible also substantiating the Hittites. It says in Joshua 24, verse 11, then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the what? Hittites, the Gergeshites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. But I delivered them into your hands. In other words, the Hittites did exist as a nation because the Bible said so. And to further add to that, archaeologists also say so. However, in in 1906, during an excavation, Hugo Winkler of Berlin discovered an ancient Hittite capital where numerous clay tablets were discovered which were written in Hittite language. You see here, archaeologists discovering that the nation of the Hittites really existed as others were trying to disprove. And then the skeptics for years questioned the existence of Belshazzar as king of Babylon. However, archaeological discoveries have established not only his existence, but also his association with his father, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, as well as his relationship to Nebuchadnezzar. My wife and I have been to Israel a number of times and there are still archaeological digs and discoveries are being made as it relates to things that the Bible has said and then they find it thousands of years later, even today, being unearthed as spoken in scripture so many years ago. So even the Bible affirms archaeology. Uh, Number four, we know God wrote the Bible because it calls us names we would never call ourselves. You know, we like ourselves too much to call our own self names unless you kind of got some kind of mental disorder. (laughs) You know, you you don't walk around here saying, you know, I'm crazy or I'm a lunatic. You know, you don't. You know, you go, you, 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 you say, aren't I pretty? Uh, am I handsome? Uh, I'm quite intelligent, you see. And, uh, 
you, 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 many folk are stuck on themselves and they don't have room in their vocabulary to call themselves names. But the Bible calls us names that we would not call ourselves. That's how I know the Bible has validity and that the Bible is from God. Let me, let me tell you some names the Bible calls us. Y'all ready? In Job 15, 16, it says, How much less man who is abominable and filthy. Last time you call yourself filthy. Who drinks iniquity like water. Bible said man is filthy. And when you see all the diabolical, damnable things, a whole lot of filthiness is coming. Uh-huh, huh, huh? Through humanity in the world in which we live. The Bible calls us filthy. Oh, when the last time you called yourself filthy? Huh? Oh, no, 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 no. You said, I, I took my bath. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 says, go to the ant, you sluggard. The last time you call yourself a sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. If you're lazy, you're a sluggard. You can't get up and go to work, you're a sluggard. What the Bible said. You, know, you got some kind of disorder. No, you lazy. You got a lot of folk on a government assistance. Now, some folk legitimately needs to be there, so don't throw rocks at me. But there are a whole, whole lot of folk laying up, getting fat, watching TV shows, having more babies to get more money. The problem is they need to get up and go to work. It ought to be a statute of limitation on how long you can lay in the house. Oh, God, help me preach this message. Calls him a slugger. Uh, 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 let me go on and call some more names here. I'm so glad I ain't calling you these names. The Bible calling you these names. Okay? <laughs> uh, Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. Also, Psalms 14.1 says, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. Remember I talking about there's no God? I don't care how intelligent they are. I don't care they have a PhD sitting in Professor C at some major university. They are educated fools. The Bible calls you a fool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, the Bible calls some children fools. Uh, uh, Isaiah 64.6 says, but as we all like an unclean Thing. That's what it calls us, an unclean thing. And all our unrighteousness are like filthy rags. Filthy rags. Unclean things. Filthy rags. Well, I know the Bible is true. None of us will call ourselves these things. Jeremiah 17, 19 says, The heart is deceitful above all things. And his word Desperately wicked. Who can know it? Man's heart. Women, boys and girls. All this folk. You, you, see, you see stuff going around? New evil going around? All the murders and the atrocities and all the things happening against children? It's because the heart of man is what? Desperately what? Wicked. Wicked. When's the last time you heard somebody tell you, you know what? My heart is desperately wicked. Psychology make you say, "Well, no, you just, you just got." They put some high 
psychological uh, repertoire and, uh, and vocabulary on, on you to make you feel pretty good about yourself. And they psychoanalyze you and come up with some kind of label that address your situation. That's not it. That's not it. You don't need no psychoanalysis on you. The fact of the matter is, without God, we are desperately wicked. No psychology gonna tell you that. They're gonna give you some medicine and say this is your label. Now take this three times a day and you'll be all right. <laughs> Number five. How do we know the Bible? Is the is the book written by God? The the word is attacks. The attacks on the Bible by Satan and wicked men validates that God wrote the Bible. Why would they attack and attempt to banish the scripture at any cost if it were not true? Think about that. Wait a minute, y'all. Y'all saying the Bible is not true, the Bible is false, there ain't nothing to it. Then why don't you just leave us alone? Well, if, if it's not true, just why, why do you have to persecute us? Why do you come at us? Why are you fighting something that's not true? Huh? It, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. If, if the Bible is not true, well, you can just leave it alone and go on to something else. You say, do you have a biblical reference for that? Oh, I have a great one. And if you have your Bible, I know you've been hanging on and looking, but I want you to turn to this, this passage. Jeremiah chapter 36, verses 20 through 26. 20 through, we're going to look at verses 20 through 26. Jeremiah 36, chapter 36, verses 20 through 26. And you're going to see um, the word of God being attacked way back then. See, the, the attacking of the word of God is nothing new. It's way back here in biblical history. In Jeremiah 36, verses 20 through 26, it says, And they went to the king, into the court. But they stored the scroll in the chamber of Elishamah, the scribe, and told all the words in the hearing of the king. So the king sent Jehudai to bring the scroll, and that's the word, that contained the word of God, and he took it from Elishamah, the scribe's uh, chamber, and Jehudai read it in the hearing of the king and in the hearing of all the princes who stood beside the king. Verse 22. Now the king was sitting in his winter house in the ninth month with a fire burning in the hearth before him. And it happened when Jehudai had read three or four columns that the king, he couldn't take it anymore, cut it with the scribe's knife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until the scroll was consumed, that's the word of God, in the fire that was on the hearth. Verse 24. And they were not afraid. Look, cut it up, threw it in the fire, and not afraid of what they did to the word. Now you know the heart of man is desperately wicked. Nor did they tear their garments, the king nor any of his servants who heard all these words. Nevertheless, 
Elnathan, Deliah, and Gamariah implored the king, ah! Not to burn the book, not to burn the scroll. Don't burn it, king. Don't burn it. Ah, don't burn it. Go. But he would not listen to them. And the king commanded Jeremiel, the king's son, Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, the son of Abdil, to seize Baruch, the scribe, and Jeremiah, the prophet. But the Lord hid them. This man was cold, fiendish, diabolical, heartless. And then the Lord, what if the Lord had to hide his servants? Why? You don't have to be an Einstein to figure that out. Why? Because he was going to do what? He was going to kill them. Sometimes things can get so hot. The Lord has to hide. He told Elijah to go hide. <laughs> go hide. Go hide. Go hide. Go hide. Go hide from Jezebel. Go hide. I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll, I'll cause ravens to come feed you. Go in the hide. I'm going to take care of you. Because had they not gone into hiding, the Lord had not hid them, they would have been slain. Wow. But why did he, he couldn't even stand for the, Whole scroll, all of the scroll, all of the reading of the scroll to be read. Did the Satan energize him enough? Cut it up, threw it in the fire. What are some recent attacks on the Word of God? If the Word of God is not true, why are these folk so angry at the Bible? So angry that, number one, the removal of the Ten Commandments is being taken from public places. Huh? I mean, why don't you leave it there? What are some recent attacks on the Word of God? Number two, not wanting creation, the creation account taught in government schools. They want evolution taught, but they don't want creation taught because that's of God, you see? Uh, number three, Persecution of the Christian who have Bibles in their possession when it's forbidden in a particular country. There are many being persecuted around the world when Bibles are discovered on their person or in their house. They are jailed, houses are burned, and many times they are put to death because of the word. I dare you to go to some of those Islamic countries with the Bible. Man, it'll be tough. Uh, number four. What are some recent attacks on the word of God? Bibles are not allowed on many of your work desks in the workplace. You can put magazines down there. You can put all kinds of things on it. But I dare you to put the Bible down. Somebody all of a sudden get offended just by looking at the Bible on your desk and will go and complain that you should move that book. It's disturbing them emotionally. Huh? I mean, tell me, but any other book can be on the desk. When the Bible is there, all of a sudden they go to the boss on you. Uh, military chaplains are forbidden to pray, sadly, in the name of Jesus, who is the living word. If it's nothing to Jesus, then why, why won't they let them pray? Because it's, uh, there's power in that name. Huh? There's power in that name. 
There's power in that name. Well, I conclude with this. William Tyndale, an English scholar and translator, born in 1492, became a leading figure in the Protestant Reformation toward the end of his life. He was the first to translate considerable parts of the Bible into English. In 1535, Tyndale was arrested by church authorities and jailed. He was tried for heresy, strangled, and burnt at the stakes in 1536. Now, why would they do this to this man? Why would they do this to William Tyndale? Why was this horrific action done against William Tyndale? i tell you why. Because not only does Satan want the Bible destroyed, he also wants those who proclaim and promote it destroyed as well. Therefore, he attacks the scripture to keep multitudes in deception and his lies from being exposed by the truth of God's word. So not only does Satan hate the Bible, he hates me, who when I come up and open this book and give and, and give you insights to, so that you will be exposed to the truth and be able to expose the lies from the enemy. Satan wants you spiritually dumb. He wants you spiritually illiterate. Ignorant folk can do a whole lot of things in the name of God. Now, there, there is emotion in worship. Won't you say amen? amen? I think you, at other time, you ought to stand and shout and enjoy the God of your salvation. I believe that time when you think about the goodness of God to you, you ought to not be able to hold your seats. Amen. When you look around, you standing up. Before you know it, you raving your hands. Huh? Huh? That's all right. It's all right to dance in the spirit as unto the Lord. That's all right. But now, let me tell you something. Worship is not all emotion. Huh? Your intellect and the cognitive aspect of you need to be stimulated. Because the worst thing you can have is a bunch of emotional devils in the church without the word. And Satan will do everything he can to keep you from the word so that he can make a fool out of your Christian testimony, out of your walk with the Lord, so he can make you a foolish husband, a foolish daddy, a foolish wife, a foolish mama. He wants to drive you into stupidity. And that's why when the word is being presented, all of a sudden, sleep get good to you. Oh man, the word of God is the best sedative to a whole lot of saints in the house of God. Oh, rock of our baby. Right in the trap. Oh, I'm, no, you ain't praying. You sleep. That's why you bring so many gadgets in the house of God. You bring all this techie technology into the house of God because you are prepared to receive your distraction so that you won't be able to focus on the word of God. 
You listen, I love babies. I love them to death. So don't misquote me. I love babies. I love, I bless them. I hug them. I kiss them. I do all that for babies. But if you can bring your baby to church and you sit in worship all the time, it's consumed with your baby. You playing with the baby. You pulling his feet. You, 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 you. <laughs> Praise God from whom all blessings. The benediction comes and your whole time has been on your baby. When your baby needs to be in the nursery. And develop some socialization skills. Huh? That, that, that's why all of a sudden you got to walk. And I don't know why folk hold their hand up. Go on and just put it down and go and walk. I ain't walking too much further. Why do they put their hands up? What, what's that supposed to Man, you already a distraction. You got one distraction walking, then you hear you go. <laughs> Sit yourself down. Now you said, well, I got to go to the restroom, Pastor. Well, well, oh, that's no problem. When you got to go, you got to go. If you got an issue, sit toward the back so, so that you not be so seen. Huh? Huh? Don't be a distraction. Don't walk, especially during the invitation. When I'm trying to lead somebody to come up here, you walking that way. And then, and then you know what? You you let other folks know it's time to go. I think I need to walk that way too when they ought to be thinking about walk. You know, walking during the invitation is the absolute worst time you can walk in the house of God. Did you not know that? Now, I know. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. There are emergencies that come up, things beyond your control. I'm not talking about that. Unanticipated. I'm not talking about that. But if at all possible, you got to go to work. Sit in the back because you don't want to be a distraction to the word of God. It is important that you learn the word of God. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. I'm God. There's an intellectual part of worship and there's an emotional part of worship, you know. And so what I'm going to tell you today is that don't play into Satan's hand. I mean, when you can come to church, what Satan will do, come on, let's be honest. How many of you came here and I was gauging a message and all of a sudden Satan caused your mind to drift away from the word to something else other than the word? Have you ever had that wrestle? Raise your hand if you, come on, let's be honest. Huh? Huh? That's right. That's right. And you could be in here and looking at me and your mind is where you're going to eat when you leave here. <laughs> That's a distraction. And you say, oh, God, put me back. I talk to myself. Talk to yourself. Oh, God, put me back. My mind is wandering. Say, so wants your mind to wander and ramble all over the place to keep you away from the word of God. I tell you something, this can become a distraction. How you dress. That's right. The closer you sit to the front, you make sure you dress a little bit better. I'm a man. I'm a man. Don't Listen, don't come to the church with splits too deep and cleavage all out of wax and all this. 
and talking about I heard the Lord, he heard my cry. No, I ain't heard the Lord. I see too much to hear the Lord. <laughs> Let me preach. Will you please dress in a way that I can preach? Satan will distract you in many, many ways because he wants you to leave just like you came. He wants you miserable. He wants you mentally dysfunctional. He wants your life rendered, saying, out of order. And if you can just leave like you came, then he has had victory over you in this worship experience. But if you come here, receive, grasp, and appropriate and apply the truth of God's word, listen, the things you used to do, you won't do no more. The places you used to go, you won't go no more. The things you used to say, you won't say no more. You repent more. You cry out to God and plead the blood of Jesus over your sins because God got a hold to you in the house of the living God. And all God's children said... If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.